Don't hear me. You're muted, David. David. Boo! Right, let's do that again. So, good morning, everyone. Uh, we've had a few technical issues with the technology this morning. I think most of Northern Ireland are trying to do online services, which doesn't help. So, uh, we're going to try and preach on Zoom. Uh, children, it's time for you to listen. Take some notes. McBride boys and girl, behave yourselves. Uh, and we're going to try our best this morning to... Uh, to hear what God has to say to us. Um, it's a privilege, first Sunday of the year. Uh, I'm just going to try and gather a few thoughts this morning uh, as we come together. And so last Sunday, um, Amy, Amy was speaking, and in the middle of it, uh, she was talking about the lady with uh, the blood issues. And uh, she said about belonging. And as she said about that, I went off on a wee tangent for a few minutes, just thinking uh, about it, what, what, what belonging uh, look like, and I, I believe it's a central part of the gospel that it brings belonging. So I sent uh, Neil and Neville a message asking this question. In this new year, what would it look like for us to help people find belonging? Um, pretty big question. I'm not going to give all the answers uh, to it this morning, but I want to fire out a few things that we can maybe engage in conversation uh, with together. So I went for a walk this week, went for a couple of walks this week because it's probably all I got to do outside. Um, and I just need a time to be reminded. I need a time to be reminded of that question that I was asking uh, of Neil and Neville and of myself. What does it look like to belong? What does belonging look like to me? What does it look like to other people? How do we as a church engage in our community to bring uh, true belonging to people uh, and so I was singing uh, the song uh, by Aaron Bell Music I Belong to You write that down you can listen to that later um, and I just kept singing it over and over and over and I had this encounter with uh, with God when I was out walking the other day and it was beautiful and I, it felt like I felt the embrace of the Father saying to me you belong to me no matter what um, and it was just a lovely time and so today uh, I've put down a few thoughts um, that Forgive me, they're not fully formed. Uh, so I encourage you, you're allowed to disagree. You're allowed to argue, not too much. You're allowed to wrestle with them, um, the things that are presented to you, uh, with the people you're with or in conversation this week. Uh, and I want you to examine them for yourself, um, not putting your own experience to the side, but actually using that to engage in conversation with each other so that we can understand each other more and help each other in this journey that we're on. And so I believe that a core, a core, not the core, a core of the gospel, of the good news that we're all crying out for is belonging. We all want something to belong to. And it all starts here by his blood. By his blood, we are adopted into his family. We take on his name. It's the ultimate adoption. And that's the key to belonging. And if you forget everything else today, the key is that you belong to him through his blood, through the adoption into the family of Christ. And so the core verse um, for today is Ephesians 2. Uh, Ephesians 2 is talking about a hu new humanity, the identity that we assume. Sorry, I'm standing on the mic here. Uh, and so in uh, Ephesians 2 verse 19, I'm going to read from there. And just listen along with me. Um, and if I know what it's like at home, if it's a bit crazy with the kids, write, just write this verse down. And I encourage you to meditate on it this week. 
So Ephesians 2.19, this is the key to belonging. So you are not foreigners or guests, but rather you are the children of the city of the Holy Ones with all the rights as family members of the household of God. You're rising like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple and your lives have been built up together upon the foundation laid by the apostles and the prophets. And best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. This entire building is under construction and is continually growing under his supervision until it rises up completed as the holy temple of the Lord himself. Wow. It is continually under construction, under construction, growing under his supervision. Verse 22, this means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies, his dwelling place through the power of of the Holy Spirit living in you. We are continually under construction, but it's under the supervision of the one who has adopted us into his family that brings ultimate belonging. Now, I could stop there, and some of you are probably saying, amen, yes, stop there, but I'm not going to because I have a few more thoughts I want to get through this morning. So belonging this, according to Wikipedia, a great online database, it says this, belongingness is the human emotional need to be an accepted member of a group, whether it is family, friends, co-workers, a religion, or something else. People tend to have an inherent desire to belong and to be an important part of something greater than themselves. This implies a relationship that is greater than simple acquaintance or familiarity. The need to belong is the need to give and to receive attention from others. Belonging is a strong and inevitable feeling that exists in human nature. To belong or not to belong is a subjective experience that can be influenced by a number of factors within ourselves or our surrounding environment, something I want to go through this morning a couple of those. Roy Boymeister and Mark Leary argue that belongingness is such a fundamentally human motivation that we feel severe consequences of not belonging. If it wasn't so fundamental, then lacking a sense of belonging wouldn't have such dire consequences on us. This desire is so universal that the need to belong is found across all cultures and different types of people. Belonging is key to the gospel and the heart of God. And so belonging is something that every single one of us have in common. And so it's something we're all searching for, to be involved, to be loved, to be wanted, to be missed, to be needed. And you know what? No matter what the circumstances, no matter what we've done or what we've said or how we've behaved, we want to feel loved, missed, needed, and so on and so on. So I want to ask you the question this morning, what makes you feel like you belong? Because I don't have all the answers. And if you ask Nicola, this stuff goes over my head and I miss it and I'm not aware of my surroundings and I'm not aware of what people are thinking and, and what I'm saying. Even sometimes I'm, I am actually really bad at this and I need her to help me. And so we need each other and we need to talk to each other about what makes us feel like we belong if we are going to get this family on a mission, right? And so I want to start the conversation today. Everyone's different. No one's wrong. And your view of belonging really matters. 
So as we read through scriptures, we find stories upon story uh, of people who are looking to belong. I'm not going to go into all of them, but I want to just highlight a few. We've got Zacchaeus. Do you remember that little man that was up the tree? And in Luke 19, I love this, but Luke 19, verse 5, Jesus looks up to him. And I believe that's a moment where he's hearing from the Spirit. He sees him up the tree. He knows his name. He calls him by name. And he says, Zacchaeus, I must be a guest in your house tonight. That's the first key of belonging is that you must invite him in as a guest. He's not going to push his way in. He's not going to break down the door. He's waiting for you to say, come in. The first key to belonging is inviting him in as a guest. He knows you by name. And then we move on to Peter. And Peter in John uh, 21, it's after he's denied him. He was looking for belonging in the wrong place. He wanted to be accepted by the people around him. Maybe it was out of fear that he'd done something to belong. We all do that. But actually, when Jesus came back after the resurrection, he says, John and, or, and Peter in John 21, do you love me? Yes, well then. Do you love me? Well, then he gives him purpose out of finding his belonging again in the love of Jesus. And then we move on to Moses. Moses, uh, we all know the story of Moses that he murdered and then fled away um, from Egypt out of fear. But I believe that God wanted to partner with Moses. Why? Because he had a belonging to the children of Israel. And so in that belonging, he wanted to move him from a place of fear to a place of freedom for his people. The woman at the well, um, I love that story where Jesus comes out. He shouldn't have come out and talked to her according to culture, but he came out, he talked to her, he set her free. He brought her into the family of God and gave her belonging. What happened with her belonging? She gave it away and transformation happened to a whole town. When we encounter God and are brought into that belonging, Something happens to the people around us. And lastly, the prodigal son. The prodigal son, we love this story. But in Jesus' story of the prodigal, the father welcomes his boy home in a way that redefines what belonging means. So in his culture, he shouldn't have invited him. He shouldn't have ran. He shouldn't have welcomed him back in. But he redefined what it meant to belong. And I believe that we are in a season now where we need to redefine what it means to belong. The rules and the regulations we have, the the things we place on others for them to be a part of our lives, it's time to broaden our view of what it is to belong to one another uh, and belong to him. And so all these people are misfits who didn't belong, but their encounter with the father completely changed them and so ultimately i want this year um to be defined as me finding true belonging in the father and in the people that he's called me to walk in this journey with belonging is so powerful and is transformational and so practically um you know i always love to bring some practical stuff and so practically i want to look at a few ways and places that we can find belonging so there are four spaces to belong, very simply. And in these spaces, we, we belong to, firstly, the Father, and then to each other. And so this, the things of this, you can write them down. Number one is the public space. Number two is the social space. Number three is personal. And number four is intimate. I'm asking you to write those down because I want you to think and pray through this. So it even relates to the life of Jesus, the public space, the crowds, 
How did he bring belonging to others that were in that crowd? How did he bring them in to be a part of his family? The second one is the social, the dinners that he went to, the sinners that he ate with. What did he do when he sat at the table? He made them feel like they were as much a part of his kingdom as everyone else. He brought belonging. And then the disciples, the personal, he had the disciples, he had his family, and the intimate, he had the three, those three that were really close to him. But ultimately, his intimacy was, I do as the Father does. I do as the Father. And so he was intimate with the Father which led to the personal, the social, and the public. It all starts with the intimacy and belonging uh, to the Father. So can I, can I encourage you? I'm not really going to go too much into that, but what I want to do is encourage you to ask the question, in each of these settings, how can I belong? Or in each of these settings, what way do I belong? So firstly, with the Father, and then with the people around you. And so what you'll discover is, the more you get your belonging from the Father, the more it comes out in these public settings and social settings um, that you're in. And so I want you to do this for me. Recognize the way that you belong in these. So actually how you belong, how you feel, but actually how you make others belong, how you make others a part of it. Recognize it, describe it, and then validate it. So if it's good, you think, do you know what? That's a really good quality I have when I'm at a one-to-one or when I'm at a dinner table or when I'm out and about, this is a really good quality that I have that I believe the Holy Spirit has put in me. Or the other one that we can do is invalidate it. Maybe there are some things that you know that you do that are a part of your makeup that you find hard to control or whatever it is, but maybe it's time in this season to say, you know what, that is pushing people away from belonging to God or that is pushing me away from belonging to the Father. I need to invalidate this and I need to get rid of it in this season. So how can we create space to better do this? I'm asking that question of you because I'm a little bit slow with these things. How can we do this? Let's have conversation about this. How can we create space to grow closer together in our belonging, but also um, go closer, go, pardon me, grow closer to the Father? And so as I was thinking it through this this week, I just jotted down some things that I believe are truths, but also some of them that are slight myths with regards to belonging. So the first one, if you're married, you'll know one of the keys is communication. And so less communication leads to less belonging. And uh, I believe that communication is key. Each of us communicate in different ways. And so I'm both talking about with the Father, how you communicate with the Father, but how we communicate with each other. Uh, I've just recently read a book, and it, it's, it says that uh, we shouldn't be thinking do unto others as you would do unto yourself. He redefined it and said, do unto others as they tell you they like or what they want to be done to them. So the way they react or the way they behave or the way they do or the way they love or the way they express will be completely different to how you do it and how you validate it. And so it's time for us as a community to increase belonging to one another and to the Father to get to know each other better and to invest time to communicate. The second one is interaction. You know that many people around us that don't know Jesus are listening with their eyes, their ears, and even their emotions. They're watching how we relate to one another. They're watching us with our friends. We're watching us at the school gates and thinking, is this something that I want to belong to? It's so important in our interactions with each other that we show the love of God as we belong to one another. 
The next one's involvement. You have to allow yourself to be a part of something. You can't make the excuse of no one comes to speak. No one does this. No one does that. Okay, sometimes I've had that. It, it's valid sometimes. But actually what I found is, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to be involved. I'm going to sign up for this. And I'm not just talking about church. I'm talking about life in general, whether it's clubs outside or hobbies, whatever it may be. Get involved. Get to know people. And belonging comes through involvement. The next one's commitment. Now, I believe this is a bit of a myth. Um, because I do like commitment and commitment is good, but more does not mean more belonging. It's more about connection than commitment. And so people looking for belonging, they don't want a list of tick this off and do this and whatever before you belong. They want to come somewhere. They want to be a part of something where they can connect and find belonging. And so just because you show up all the time, does not mean that you belong more. And on a church note, I haven't got permission to, to say this, but I think it's right. On a church note, this is why one of the reasons why we don't do membership. Because as a church, we, can, we value connection over contracts. For us, it is about connection, not contracts. And we don't want a line that says you are in or out once you cross this or once you commit to this or once you do this. We don't want to force rituals that create a struggle for people to believe. And so a lot of churches, you have to believe before you belong. But in Grace Community Church, we want you to belong well before you believe. Because if that offends you, no problem, talk to me. But this is the reason. Because we want the space in our family where you feel comfortable to investigate and to search and to ask questions. Because that's where growth comes and ultimately belonging comes out of that. It cannot be forced or formulated. So Joseph Meyer says this, it seems that many churches are not helping people with their search for belonging. Rather, they are supplying them with another numbing thing to do that masks the real nagging ache of their search for a neighbor, for a family, for belonging. And so whenever I'm saying, let's get in this journey together and see what we can do, I'm not, I'm not saying we want to do more programs. I'm not saying we want to do more events. That might happen. What I'm saying is I want the reality of what makes you feel like you belong and how we can do something with that. We don't want more just for the sake of it. It takes openness. To belong, you need to find someone that you trust enough to be open with, that will love you for your flaws and all. It's time to take risk. So when we risk, there's a risk that we can be hurt, that we can be embarrassed and so on. But there's also the great risk that transformation could occur within you and then within the people around you. There's a risk that others are going to be impacted when you find true belonging. It doesn't mean that uh, you play by the rules. What do I mean by that? I don't like playing by the rules all the time. It means that the way you belong is going to be completely different to others. And it may show up in a different way for you than it does for others. It might be lived out in a different reality for you. But hear me with this. It's not an excuse to just make excuses for who you are. 
some of us, there are things that through trust and discipleship and true belonging, we need to get rid of. It's not an excuse just to say what you want and do what you want. It is an excuse to be open, open to someone that you trust that loves you and wants to see the best for you as you come into this family to belong and allow discipleship to happen. You need to feel secure. It's something that brings unity. You know, too many Christians, they focus on what they don't agree on. But we are called, I believe this to be a value of ours, destroying division by the power of the cross. So belonging comes as we put the things aside that we're probably going to argue about until eternity and say, do you know what? Over all of that, love trumps it all. Belonging to the Father trumps it all. We are all set free. We are all new creations. We all have grace. We all have purpose. We are all loved. Time. We're nearly done with these. Time is the next one, and I believe it's a bit of a myth as well. So I, I think that time has little to do with the ability to experience significant belonging. Some people do take longer because of past hurts or things that have happened in their lives. But I want you to think about it now for a moment. Uh, those times where you've walked away from a conversation or a coffee and thought, it feels like I have known them forever. Those are moments where belonging happens because of something that clicks. I believe a lot of the time it's the power of the Holy Spirit. And as I was writing this down, I started to think about when that's happened to me in my life. And one of my most significant ones was Pastor Daniel Wynn's dad, Wendy Wynn. And uh, I remember the day I met him in 2010. He gave me a hug. And I will never forget the feeling I had with the embrace of Wendy Wynn. And uh, thank goodness I was in the USA when he, he took really ill and passed away not long afterwards. I got to say goodbye to him. But I remember that moment. It felt like I had known him forever. It felt like I belonged to him. It felt like I was one of his sons. It was amazing. Have you ever had those encounters? Well, I want to move it on to the spiritual side. Belonging can come through encounter in a moment where God can change your perspective, can change your mindset, can change your mood, can change whatever it is. He can come in and you can encounter him. Maybe that's what you need this morning, that moment where you encounter God in your pajamas in the living room drinking your coffee this morning. Proximity. This is really valid today because as Neville said, I don't know if we heard it, maybe cut off, but he needs people. He needs to be around people. He doesn't really like the online stuff as much. And if you know Neville, you know that's a big part of his makeup. He loves being around people. He draws life from it. But when we can't do that, how do we still belong? We have to put into action these things that I'm saying about being intentional, about being involved, about finding ways to put ourselves out there to have conversations with people. Proximity is valid. It's good, but when we, when we can't have it, what do we do? So I would encourage you in, in this time, as you can't uh, have proximity with others, this is time more than ever to, for your proximity with the Father to be reduced and reduced. He's standing waiting. He's a gentleman. He will not force. He will not push his way in. He's waiting for you with arms open. Now is the time for proximity with the Father. More personality equals more belonging. I believe that's false. I believe it's an excuse. And so I want to tell you this morning, be content with who you are and the makeup of your personality because in a healthy community where people belong, there is plenty of room for the introvert and the extrovert. There is room for everyone. Be true to who you are. And lastly, it cannot be defined by others. 
don't let other people define your belonging. You know, belonging happens when you identify with another person, an organization, an entity, a culture, whatever it may be. You feel the sense of belonging. And sometimes you can even feel belonging without the other person knowing anything about it. I remember when I first started playing for Korean Rugby Club, um, I was very nervous uh, at going. And this older uh, guy that played for Korean, he used to come, come out and meet me at change rooms and chatting the way in. And he would talk me through stuff that maybe I needed to improve on. He would help me out. And do you know what? To this day, he's the reason I kept going because I felt like a part of something. I don't think he ever knew the impact he had, but I belonged. I felt like I belonged because of someone else's input that didn't even have a clue. I guarantee you that there's people in your life right now that belong and feel like they belong because of you. So I want to encourage you to keep doing that um, this morning. Another one um, is uh, I'm sure all of us have felt like we don't belong or we're not allowed in or we're put to the side. And I remember when I first got saved, um, I started going to a quite a big, prominent, good church. And the reason I went, because the preacher was brilliant. And for a, for a time, I felt like I belonged because the preaching was so good. But there's only so far that I can go. Sorry to tell you that now. Um, and so I'd been there for three months, every single week. Didn't miss a thing. I was fully committed. And uh, the person at the door um, shook my hand after three months and said, it's good to see you, son. Is this your first Sunday here? Now, that man had shook my hand every week for three months. I'm not saying that in a negative term because it helped me find my new belonging. And shortly after that, um, I came down to Grace Community Church, sorry, drop in Community Church. And uh, I remember from the moment I walked in, I felt like I belonged. And it wasn't just because I seen um, my future wife. That was, that was a good part of it. But I remember leaving that night and thinking, this is what home feels like. In an instant, I felt like I belonged versus the time in the other place. It can happen for complete and to completely different ways. And so what I found is that our belongings define us. And I'm not talking about the things that we own. I'm talking about those things that we allow ourselves to fully engage in. They'll either help us to thrive or to pull life from us. They uh, start to define who we are because we were created to belong. And so maybe you have uh, some areas in your life where you're trying to find belonging that aren't necessarily happy or aren't necessarily healthy for you. And so maybe today at the start of this new year is the time to lay those things down. John Mark Comer this week, I was listening to him and he said, in our family, we don't take up new things or make new year's resolutions. We make desolutions. I think it's what he called it. We deconstruct and put things down that are not helpful for us. And I believe that maybe it's um, each of us were in different contexts for our age, but whether you're in school and there are certain things that you're trying to do to fit to belong that aren't working, time to put them down. Maybe it's in work where you find yourself behaving in a different way because you want to fit in with the, the cool uh, people in work, whether it's your language or the things you're involved in or the things you're watching so you can have conversation. I don't know. Um, Maybe it's things you're buying so that you can look like everyone else or have the same cool things as everyone else. We're all a wee bit guilty of that. But maybe it's time to lay those things down. I believe as we start out the new year, this is a season of taking inventory to see the things that are helping us truly belong or the things that are pulling energy and pulling us away from ultimately belonging to the Father.
And so this year, I want my belonging um, to be found in him and for that to define who I am. And even going back to the settings, I want the belonging to the Father to define who I am in public, in the social setting, in personal settings and in intimate settings, just like it did with Jesus. And so um, this year, I, I don't want, it's very easy to say this, but I don't want my social status, my education, my gifts, my abilities, my finances, or my feelings to dictate my belonging. But I want to be held in the truth that he loves me. And so um, can you do something with me for a moment this morning? I'm nearly done. Sorry, I haven't looked at my time, but I don't think I'm too long. Um, can, you, can I invite you to pause? Children, I want you all to do this as well. All of you. Take a moment and pause. Slow everything down. Slow your breathing down. And I want you to invite the Holy Spirit. And I want you with me to say this. On your in-breath, you say, Abba. And on your out-breath, I belong to you. Abba. I belong to you. Just take time at the start of this new year to remember who is the one that is ruling over your life, not as a master, but as someone who loves you and wants the best for you. As we say, Abba, I belong to you. We breathe in the goodness of the love of God and we breathe out all the nonsense that goes on in our minds and our hearts and our worries and our fears. And we say, Abba, I belong to you. And can I encourage you to open up your hands or lift up your hands as a sign of surrender and say, Abba, I belong to you. Abba, I belong to you. Can I encourage you, maybe for this first week of the new year, that you fit that in somewhere in your day where you do that? Where you say, God, I want to want you more than anything. Help me to draw near to you, to your love and to your peace. Remember how we started? So you are not foreigners or guests, but rather you are the children of the city of the Holy Ones with all the rights as family members of the household of God, with all the rights of the family members of the household of God. You have access to the Father. And so I know that day or night when I phone my earthly dad, he will come running, he will do anything because he loves me. How much more, my heavenly Father? Nothing can separate. So maybe, I'm wrapping up now, but maybe it's been a really tough year for you. And as I prayed about this this morning, I felt like, I don't know if you're on Zoom or what we're doing with this, but I really felt like someone that's a part of our family, you're really struggling right now. This has been a tough year for you. And I felt like these words for you 
as you say, Abba, I belong, I want you to say this, I'm back. Abba, I'm back. Just like the prodigal, he is waiting open-handed. I'm back, Abba. It's time to come back home because anything that you're facing, he is greater than it and he will give you unbroken grace. And so I think for someone this morning, maybe for all of us, this is a good exercise to say, I'm back. I'm back. And the Father, he wants to welcome you with open arms of love, with acceptance, with a fresh start right here, right now, today. And you know who you are. If you're feeling this way, you know who you are. So chat with us. Let us know. Talk to one of us. Talk to the person that you trust. So where does it all start? Let me finish with this first. If you forget everything else today, this is where true belonging starts. Matthew 12, 30, verse 31. You know it well. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So find your belonging firstly in the Father and secondly by loving your neighbor. Who is your neighbor? Who belongs to you? Who do you belong to? Who are you responsible for? Who do you know that God has given you the job to befriend them, to love them, to encourage them, to lift them up, to be there for you or to be there for them? What strangers has he given you to welcome in? This is the key to belonging. Ultimately, belonging is not about knowledge. It's not about wisdom. It's not about gifts. It's not about personality. It can be summed up with one word. Love. Love. If we can focus on how to love each other well, out of the overflow of loving the Father and being loved back unconditionally, I believe that we can do so many great things in this community. Let me finish with this quote. Larry Crabb says that the future of the church depends on whether it develops true community. We can get by for a while, uh, one size, skilled communication, uh, or sorry, on size, on skilled communication and programs to meet every need. But unless we sense that we belong to each other with masks off, it's valid now, the vibrant church of today will become the parlous church of tomorrow. Still irrelevant, a place of pretense where sufferers suffer alone, where pressure generates conformity rather than the spirit creating life. That's where the church is heading unless it focuses on community, community and belonging to one another. Amen. I'll let this go. I can't hear you, so have a good day. Thanks, David. You can all unmute yourselves and uh, you can all greet each other. Good day. It's my beautiful wife. <laughs> and that's not speaking to you, Nigel, by the way. <laughs> Carlin, did you take my advice and just wear the jammies today? No. 
dress and gown. Oh, it does. That just looks like your 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 jammy coat or your what do you call it? Dressing gown. Dressing dress gown. Dressing over her clothes. Cold in here. It's cold in there. It's cold in here. Love the new dressing gown. Uh, all right. Neil, how are you today? Jude. Hello, Lily. It's you're, you're muted. Did he even hear? I don't know. Did you hear me, Neil? Why is he not unmuting himself? Maybe Andre. Andre, can you un unmute Neil? We're only allowing certain people to talk. <laughs> Feeling better? <laughs> no, he's gonna he's gonna have to unmute himself. I can't do it from here. He's unmuted now, Andrew. Oh, he's unmuted now. I was saying the host is not allowing participants to unmute themselves. All oh, right. Okay. Anyway, I'm. Uh, Joanne can't unmute herself. Hundred percent. How you doing, there, Star? Andre, can you unmute 